Amen. Good morning, good morning, dear faithful. Um, this past week, uh, following our divine liturgy, uh, the bazaar weekend, which was just wonderful, and I want to thank all of the volunteers who are present here today, our members, our parishioners, everybody. We have, you know, over a hundred volunteers every festival season who help make this festival a reality. I just want to say thank you for their participation and for their support to help make this event once again a reality in the lives of our faithful. Um, I very much appreciate that. I also want to once again thank our young altar servers who are on the altar here today. Uh, we were short a few deacons. Uh, but we didn't feel it because we had the love and the devotion of our of our young acolytes, and I'm so proud of them for joining us. And of course, thank you to our choir members as well. Uh, many members of our church are still somewhat recovering. If you're standing, please feel free to take a seat. Don't worry. Um, following the bazaar. I had the opportunity uh, to travel to Los Angeles for a long-awaited and special visitation, uh, the visitation of the Supreme Patriarch and Catholicos of all Armenians. It's been over seven years since he visited our diocese the last time, which was the occasion of our cathedral being consecrated in Burbank, California. And after a seven-year wait, um, on the occasion of the 90th anniversary of our diocese, we once again welcomed His Holiness to our communities here on the west coast of the United States. Ninety years, our diocese has been serving the Armenian people uh, here on the west coast, and we're so proud of being part of an institution that has grown um, to reach so many communities. When it began, it was the Diocese of California, and almost all of its parishes were in Fresno. And now we have parishes throughout the West Coast, in Nevada, Arizona, in Washington, in Oregon, in Hawaii, and we just have a newly established parish in Mexico City. In fact, uh, tomorrow, His Holiness will be departing for Mexico City to consecrate that community there. Um, on this, I'm proud of this particular visitation of His Holiness for one reason, and that is that besides the official welcoming event, which happened on uh, Thursday evening, and the Divine Liturgy, which is taking place today, all of the events that were connected with his visitation, and if you don't know, the visitation of the Supreme Patriarch and Catholicos of Armenians is really a highly esteemed and, uh, and anxiously anticipated event in the life of the Armenian community. Um, all of these events were centered around the youth and the children of our communities in one way or the other. On uh, Friday morning, we hosted an event where we had all of our uh, Armenian school students in the Los Angeles area participate, and we had over 700 students present at that event. And they had the opportunity to ask questions of His Holiness and to hear back his very sincere and candid responses. And it was a beautiful event. There was dancing and singing. You just feel pride and you know that like the spirit of our people is alive and well in these young people at events like this. As a priest, I was really overwhelmed uh, with joy from this event. The following day on Saturday morning, we hosted all of the students of our Saturday schools, which was, again, uh, I think there was close to 600 students there singing the Hayrabedagan Mahtank and the hymns of our church. It was just beautiful. I was so moved. And then after that, there was an event that was hosted for our ACYO members, young men and women like those who are serving on the altar today. And all of these students were 18 and up, and there was about 100 of them. And these were the really hard questions. These were the ones that, like, you know, they were there to, to, to try and stump His Holiness one way or the other. 
Um, and they really gave it their best shot. And he was very, uh, as I said, candid in his responses. Um, and it was a very interesting event to participate in. And I think everybody appreciated that experience. One of the questions that you would have thought was more innocuous for me was very interesting. There was a young man who came forward who I know, he serves as a, as a young deacon at the cathedral in Los Angeles. Um, and he might even harbor some hopes to become a priest one day. I hope he does. And he approached his holiness and he said, uh, your holiness, it says in the gospel, Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is with, within you. The kingdom of heaven is within you. He said there are many different interpretations of this passage from the gospel, but what does that mean to you? Very interesting question which he offered to the holiness. And more, I would say, religious or biblical than many of the questions that were being posed to him. So when the Catholicos responded in the way that he did, I was a little shocked. He responded firstly by saying, I disagree with the way that you have formed your question. <laughs> he said, I want you to know that you have formed your question incorrectly. Let me tell you how I think you should form your question. He said, first and foremost, the question is not what do I think about whether or not the, that Christ says that the kingdom of heaven is within us. He said, you should be asking yourself, and we all have to ask ourselves, what can we do to become worthy such that the kingdom of heaven can be within us? This is the question we need to be asking ourselves, the holiness, his holiness responded. But furthermore, in his response, and in my own opinion, he indicated another error in terms of how that question was offered. And it's this. The young man's opinion wasn't what does the church teach about this particular passage. He said, what is your opinion about this? This is very interesting, and this is very important for us to keep in mind. It's not important what I or you or what the Supreme Patriarch and Catholicos of all Armenians think about a particular passage of the Bible. If that's the way we think, if we go on our opinions, if we go on our personal judgment and preferences, then we will always find that proper interpretation of the Gospels escapes us. This is very important. Instead, we should be asking ourselves, what does the church teach? What does the church fathers teach? What do the apostles teach? And what does the gospel itself have to say about these things? If you want to know what my personal opinion is on something, I'll let you know this right now. It's not worth a darn. <laughs> Please, if you're interested in knowing, I'm happy to tell you. But what you should be more interested in knowing is what the church teaches about the gospel, this gospel that leads us to salvation, this gospel that leads us to eternal life, this gospel that leads us to living a joyful and peaceful existence. That's the most, question, most important question that we should be asking ourselves. Because when we allow ourselves to um, be guided by opinions and personal preferences, then we very easily and quickly stray from what we believe is the right way. We are an orthodox church, and the word orthodox means the right way. Okay? That's very important to remember. The right way. I was listening to a very interesting podcast recently, and this podcast was about Heaven's Gate. Do you guys remember Heaven's Gate? Who here remembers this group called Heaven's Gate? It was something that happened in the mid-90s. Is anybody else? Yeah, we've got a few people that remember this, and why not? Heaven's Gate was a cult that became very famous in the mid-90s because they all believed that if they all took their lives at the same time, they would be picked up by a UFO, and that UFO would take them to the kingdom of heaven. They would take them to heaven, quote-unquote. 
this podcast delved deeply into the details about this particular cult. But did you know that that was a Christian cult? These people were Christians. These people believed in Jesus Christ, and they thought the path to salvation was to take their own lives at the time that a comet was passing the United States and be picked up by a UFO. Okay? Now, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but simply make this case, that when we allow ourselves to be guided by personal preferences and opinions, then we very easily fall into the hands of um, errant and um, unorthodox understandings of the Bible. And it's important that we remember what the orthodox understanding is, because if we place any importance on that promise that Christ gave us to eternal life, to salvation if we place any importance on that promise that we should be reunited with those that we love in the clouds, if we place any importance on that promise that he will comfort all of us who are weary and that he will remove our burdens, if we place any importance on his message that he is there to bless the poor of spirit, that he is there to bless those who are mourning, that he is there to bless those who need it most, then we must follow a trusted guide, and that guide is the teachings of the church. I'm so proud and honored to be able to share that with you on any given Sunday morning or in our Bible studies here. And I bring it up most importantly today as you read this passage from the gospel, which we enjoy today from Matthew chapter 24. We learn about the eschatological uh, preachings of Jesus Christ. He tells of his, of his second coming. Thousands of people have read this passage from the 24th chapter of Matthew and misunderstood it completely and been led to their own confusion and ruin in their faith. We must understand what the teachings of the church are in order that we may be safeguarded in our faith and protected in all matters. And in this way, the church serves you. In this way, we are all benefited and blessed by those who have come before us and served in holiness and utter devotion to the message of salvation that comes to us, to the Holy Gospels. My prayer with you here today is that we find comfort in that message, that we find salvation in that message, and that we understand that by living worthily, we can become the inheritors of the kingdom of heaven in our lives and also give honor to our forefathers, to our national faith, to our character and our identity, um, just as those who have come before us have, and give glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.